We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Really? We're going to blame that loss on, on a boat trip? How about they're just not really that good of a team and, and they had a crappy day with some bad drops and it's football. It's January 2017, Giants at Packers. This is Remember That Game, a podcast about sporting events that take you on a journey and maybe chart the path of the zeitgeist. I'm your host, Thomas Semerick, and my guest is Charles McDonald, Giants and Jets beat reporter with the New York Daily News at the time, now with Yahoo Sports. We recorded this in Indianapolis during the 2020 NFL Combine. Enjoy the show. The, the funny thing with that team is they were maxed out. Uh, they had a bunch of big contracts that year, and they overachieved that year. So you know, they, they end up with an 11-5 record, and I was doing some, some research on, on that team, like more advanced numbers. But based on their, their uh, performance that year, they were expected to win only eight games. Even though they made the wild card round and won 11 games, they still had one of the worst offenses in the league that year. They were, they were you know, 26th in the league in points per game. Uh, they were second in defense on points allowed. So yeah, as you study football and study football numbers, you kind of learn that year to year, defense performance is not that stable. Uh, so when you have this offense that's not good and it's relying solely on the defense and solely on guys like Landon Collins and Damon Harrison making plays, that's not really a way to continue success in the NFL. So you get to the next year, and it all kind of falls apart. Uh, one thing that I think when you have these teams that overachieve like they do, like the Giants did in 2016, is it sets unrealistic expectations for, for moving forward. I mean, uh, the year after that, that was when McAdoo benched Eli, right? Yeah, in 2017, and he also had the argument with Dominic Rogers, Cromarty, where uh, the team said they suspended Cromarty because he left, but then it turned out some people were saying he left after McAdoo said he was suspended. But you have one of the most important defensive players from the previous year not getting along with the coach. Right, and it, it you know it just goes to show you know you can't really bank on a good defense being that good the year after. So they, they, were ne- they were never really a good offensive team even that year. It's just kind of like the Odell Beckham show because uh, he, he was really carrying that that team in, in, in terms of, you know, consistently making big plays and, and being able to, to move the ball a little bit. Uh, so you, you, have, you already at that point have an Eli Manning who is over the hill. And then once you move on from that season – it just all starts to fall apart because I mean, then they get they trade Damon Harrison at, at 
well, that was 2018, I think. But, you know, like once that defense starts to fall apart, the offense has already been exposed. And now you're in a situation where you are now, where you had to blow it all up and rebuild. And they're still dealing with that, you know, almost four years later. And another reference for that Giants team overperforming their PFF, you know, composite rank of their grades. They had the Giants ranked 23rd in the NFL that season. Almost a weekly occurrence where the game is on the line between the Giants and a mediocre opponent, and either Odell Beckham takes a slant 60 yards or someone like DRC houses a pick and puts it away. Do you feel like overperforming basically what their expected outcome would have been resulted in Eli Manning being kept around in another year or two? Yeah, because one thing that that we that we see with not just the Giants, not unique to them, but every team is when you win a lot of games, teams, I don't think teams are as critical of themselves as they need to be, and they tend to just run it back. Like, you, you could look at that year with Eli or even, you know, how about this year with the Packers? Like, when you watch them and you see that they get the second seed in the NFC, but they're just winning close games every single week, and they happen to run to another team in the Seahawks that was winning close games every week. So, you know, one of those teams has to go to the NFC Championship game, and then the Packers won, and we saw, okay, this is what a really good team looks like versus a team that won a lot of close games. So uh, you get to a situation where we won a lot of games, so why don't we just do the same thing next year? And that's not really a, a healthy way to approach not just coaching but roster building and planning for the future. So. It, even if you're in a situation where Eli doesn't play well, but they win a lot of games, so they bring him back, and he's a hometown legend. So uh, that that's I think that's what kept him in New York as long as it did, because you still have that hope that we can recapture that season and go on another run before he retires. But you know, it never happened again for them. Eli Manning in that playoff game, the wild card at Lambeau, not terrible. A victim of a couple drops right. in the first drive that would have been touchdowns yeah. from Shep. Odell didn't play that. And Beckham, yeah, Odell uh, had five targets into Ladarius Gunter's coverage with only one catch, and you can't be having that. Um, do, but do you feel like their bad day and the way the media in some ways was able to blame it on the boat trip kind of gave Eli uh, a, a pass on having been kind of a diminished quarterback that season as well? A little bit. I mean, I, I, I think that... I, well, I know from from now that I've stepped into being a New York media member, I know that I look at that situation way different than, you know, maybe some of the people who don't look like me would look at that situation. Because, you know, who who cares about really, you know, going on a boat trip? And yeah. it, it's really, at the end of the day, it's not a big deal. And if you know, if you know how, like, how hard these guys work at their craft on a day-to-day basis – Flying to Miami for a day and hanging out on a boat is not going to, that's not a factor in any real performance. But, you know, hey, oh, these guys are going to Miami for a day or they're going on a boat for a day, uh, if you know, a few days before a playoff game. But if they're off, like, who cares? Like, if they don't have to be watching the film or don't have to be working or, or if it's their rest day, like, it's it's not really a big deal. So, I mean, I, I remember, like, looking at it from an outside perspective, like, really we're gonna blame that loss on on a boat trip how about they're just not really that good of a team and and they had a crappy day with some bad drops and it's football like you have a one it's that's it's it's part of what makes the playoffs so fun at the same time like you have a one game sample and 
you're just kind of hinging, you know, everything you believe about these teams on one game, and and we and a lot of people chose to go the route that it was the the boat trip's fault. I've been a Giants fan all my life, and I kind of left that thinking, oh crap, they're gonna scapegoat Odell for why they lost a game where they were an average team that was overmatched on the road, and that's gonna prevent them from addressing being an average team the way they should. Right. And, you know, that guy that uh, plays quarterback for the Packers is is pretty good, too. And he was – and I, I mean, at 2016, Matt Ryan won the MVP that year, but, you know, there were plenty of people who thought Aaron Rodgers should have been the MVP, too. So, uh, you know, you're an average team. You had some bad drops, and the other quarterback's a lot better. It, it seems like a pretty simple uh, equation for me. Aaron Rodgers that day put up nearly 400, very efficient, four touchdowns. That season, Packers had the number one pass block unit and the number three passing grade from Pro Football Focus. That pass grade was behind only a historic passing output from the Falcons and historic QB play from Tom Brady. But perhaps the Packers also got some false positives that, that year. They go into the next game. Aaron Rodgers has the heroic second half against the Cowboys, that final drive. They go in, get spanked by the Falcons. I kind of wonder if the Packers said, Okay, this means we can put any receivers around Aaron Rodgers and we find the pass blocking is going to be the best in the league every year and we can, you know, we can go from Jared Cook to Jimmy Graham and whether it's a downgrade or not, it shouldn't matter. Jordy Nelson's getting old. Randall Cobb who, you know, tore the Giants apart especially when Dominic Rodgers got injured in that wild card game and then he's just tearing up Trevin Way in the slot going at Eli Apple. They say, "Hey, we can trade we can trade Randall Cobb away. We can bank on some rookies being okay, and Rodgers can carry us. And the past few years have shown that that wasn't the team-building approach to be successful. Yeah. Uh, you're in a situation now where maybe at one point you could have put anybody around Aaron Rodgers, but yeah. he's, what, 36, 35, around that time, around that age now. So when you look at the Packers receiving core, it's really – is Devontae Adams and who else? You know, a bunch of second-year rookies, and none of those guys were premium picks. A couple of them were even UDFAs, like Alan Lazard and uh, Jake Kumaro or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so now, now that now they're they're probably looking at this like, man, like we didn't prepare for the decline of Aaron Rodgers as well as we should have, and maybe it is because of the heroics of that 2016 season where he was still God mode Aaron Rodgers, where like you just talked about that throw against the Cowboys is. One of the best throws in the NFL history, where he just rolls out to his left and slings it, and it ends. Like the margin for error on that throw is so small, and it's it's almost when you're when you're in that position of, as a Packers fan, a Packers coach, Packers ex- front office executive, and you've seen him just do this stuff for, you know, at, at that point, you know, over a decade. It's hard to think that there's a point in his life where he won't be able to do that, and we're here, and we're at that point where he's good, but he's not. Robo Rogers anymore, so they they got to get back on finding weapons for him, and I think that he was so good at that season that they thought that they could just do other, they could build other pieces of their roster, and they ignored receiver to a degree. And in this playoff run, they they do get that false positive, much like the Giants got some false positives. Rewatching that game, did you think the Giants were dead right off, missing those first two fades on the first drive, or was it more they're dead at halftime when they the Packers get the hail mary on them? Dead at halftime, because 
I know like we're in a in an age where you know analytics are becoming more prevalent, and I love like the use of analytics in sports, where you know, we're, or, or football, where we're measuring uh, you know the efficiency on stuff and, and and what have you. But there's still a human element where you know it's, it's not like they're just a bunch of robots on the field where you just kind of reset your emotions after every play. When Aaron Rodgers held Mary on you in halftime of a playoff game, that sucks. Like that's really demoralizing because you know it's not it doesn't stop there. You still got two more quarters of stopping, you know, that was one of the best seasons of his career. Eli Apple loses Randall Cobb at the back of the end zone. Yeah. Do you feel like that had any impact on, on Eli Apple being later traded? Uh I'm not sure. I I think I think they just realized they made a mistake and uh, it's like one of the few times in recent history where you see the Giants go, oh, that was not the right pick for us to make. Let's try to get something back on it while we can. Because, I mean, you see Belichick do that all the time. Where if you, like, if you go back and look at Belichick's history with defensive backs in the second round in recent memory, he's drafted one almost every year since, like, 2012. And I don't think – I think the only one that's still on the team is, like, Patrick Chung. Uh, and, he, you know, Belichick's at a point where he's, like – it's it's better for me to give up on a bad player earlier than to wait around waiting for because just because I made an investment. So I think that's kind of it was like a, a rare moment of you know cognization for the the Giants where they're like we got to get we got to get something for this because it's not it's not working for us. So I don't really know if, if that play had much to do with it. More of you know it, it just wasn't the right fit. In the second half, you also I mean Eli had had a decent first half. Things kind of fall apart in the second half. Um, yeah, Dominic Rogers Cromartie goes out. Devontae Adams starts dicing up Eli Apple, and then and Cobb gets Trevin Wade in the slot. It, it seems like the Giants are just finally now, years later, figuring out what to do with the secondary post the Jerry Reese splurge. Do you feel like the Giants have been too slow to address the secondary in the years since, and even during the Shermer era, or and now during the overlapping Gettleman era? Um. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's slow, but they kind of have gone all in on this young secondary now, uh, because I mean, we're, this, there's already plenty of rumors, like credible rumors, about uh, if Jeff Okuda, the Ohio State corner, if he falls to four, he could go there. And they already have. I mean, think about it. Like DeAndre Baker was a rookie last year. Julian Love was a rookie last year. Both those guys played, uh, got significant playing time in just about every game. Uh, Julian Julian started uh, at safety once Jabril Peppers got hurt at the end of the season. Sam Beal, I mean, last year was essentially his first year in the league because he missed all of his rookie years. So, like, having a secondary that young and then, you know, the Janoris, whatever happened, like, the Janoris debacle at the end of the year where he was calling fans a slur on Twitter while the Giants were practicing and then he got cut later in the week, like, it's, it's a very, very, very young unit. Like, one of the youngest in the league, so... You, you kind of end up in a situation, I think, unintentionally almost, where it it's just not going to be a very good secondary, and it's not really a fault of the quality of the players. They just don't have that much experience. So, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm interested to see how this all goes. But may, maybe you're right. Like maybe they did wait a little bit too long to start restocking that secondary young talent because now. <laughs> They really only have young talent outside of, you know, trying to re-sign a guy like Michael Thomas, who they definitely see as a veteran leader, or, uh, or Jabril, who's had a couple years in the NFL now. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Last season, you have a year where you have arguably the worst secondary in the league, and you come out of it still not knowing what to do next because they're, it's hard to tell if they're bad or they're just young and learning. Um, but as you mentioned, uh, and I heard you talk on the Two for One podcast yesterday uh, here at the Combine, you know, DeAndre Baker came along as the season went down the stretch. So you also do get some positive things. How do you think Gettleman has shaped this? I, I heard you also on the Two for One podcast say yeah, he's a content machine. Think that his his frankness and in some ways degaff, in some ways uh, trollish toward the analytics community mindset uh, changes the, the way they build the team, or if it's or it's just all personality. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing we need to see is like who's really in charge here when it comes to the Giants because. You know, if you asked me a month ago, I would say that Dave Gellman is definitely running things. But after this week, I feel like Joe Judge has kind of seized power there. Because just, just think about this, like as a like if you're thinking about this rationally, and Dave Gellman's the GM of the Giants. You know, he drafted Daniel Jones six last year. He is after the the first start against Tampa Bay. We hear from Dave where he's you know puffing his chest about how good Daniel Jones was in that game. Uh, and, you know, even on the day that Joe Judge was hired, Dave is saying Daniel Jones is my franchise quarterback. Joe Judge in that press conference that same day says, I can't make any declarations about any player 
until I've seen them, until I've worked with them hands-on, until I've given them time for critical feedback, stuff like that. So he's like, I won't say that anyone's starting because I just haven't worked with these guys, which is, you know, football hardo nonsense, but fine. If you want, if that's, if that's the angle you want to take, I'm not really going to be pressed about it like other people might be. Fast forward to this week at the Combine. Now, when you ask Dave, Dave is Daniel Jones' starting quarterback. Dave is saying what Joe Judge is saying now, where, oh, you know, I'm not going to name any starting quarterback right now. I'm not going to name any starting player on the depth chart. But you just said a month ago that DJ is your starting quarterback. And he's the fran- he's like the future of the franchise. Oh, okay. Now you're pedaling back on what Judge is saying and not vice versa. Like you've in what? So Judge has been hired what, for seven weeks in that time span. He's already gotten this much control, at least over the narrative of what's going to be released to the public. So I kind of feel like the clock's ticking on Dave, rightfully so. I mean, the team is terrible, and he admitted publicly that he didn't realize that he couldn't rebuild and contend at the same time, which is like, all right, like, you you know, a a 10-year-old that plays Madden kind of figures that one out. Uh, Like, uh, unless you have someone like, you know, like Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or a quarterback of that caliber, you're not going to be able to rebuild and contend at the same time. So I think, you know, for him to admit that uh, and now for Judge to at least, you know, be in control, being able to control the public narrative, uh, I, I don't know how much power Dave actually has right now. He, you know, to some degree it's a collaborative effort, but Judge is definitely the one pushing how he speaks to the public now because think about think about where Judge is coming from to what he stepped into how could you ever imagine Bill Belichick working with Dave Gettleman think about that like the way he 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 speaks in public the way he's staunchly drafted you know guys with at, at bad value over the past years you know it, it's just not even from a philosophical difference from a personality standpoint they are just so different so I think Judge has got the power now. He's got the five-year contract, so he's at least got that in his favor. Uh, and I think, you know, if they if, if they suck again this year, like, peace, Dave. Do you feel like the way Eli's offensive lines kind of made the twilight of his career a little rough, um, especially from that, first, from that second Super Bowl went on, it was never really an above-average offensive line. Do you think that's changing how they were addressed that with – Daniel Jones, especially when you hear various offensive linemen mock to them, including their first round pick. Yeah, I mean, I think well, I think they need to fix the offensive line because it's just bad right now. Like the the Nate Solder signing predictably did not work out at all. I mean, to give Nate all that money, and he's I mean he's a nice guy, but even in at the end of his time in New England, like it wasn't like he was playing very well. Like that was always. From even from an outsider perspective, that was a really head scratching move, and you really only have one guy or or two in Zeitler. Zeitler's pretty solid, and, and Hernandez is solid. But you know, offensive line is more about the the sum of the units and individual pieces. So if you have two good guys at left guard and right guard, and then three guys that can't play, you have a bad offensive line. Uh, and you know, I think they'll they'll try to figure it out. Like they 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 have a bunch of money to work with in, in free agency this year. But uh, it, it's kind of interesting because you had Richburg 
and Pugh, who at one point were considered two of the better offensive linemen, or two of the better interior offensive linemen in the NFL. And uh, Richburg has dealt with a ton of injuries, Pugh the same. And and I don't know if the Giants miss those guys per se, but I think they definitely miss like the the peak of their play. But I don't. I I think based on the, the trajectory of their careers, it's hard to say that they'll be playing at a high level right now. In 2016, yeah, both stayed relatively healthy. And they had Marshall Newhouse at right tackle, who is kind of like a swing tackle that you're not psyched to be going into a season with, but ended up being better than some of the other people they trotted in at right tackle, and you really see what kind of drop-off you can get. Last question here. I feel like this 2016 Giants team, that Jerry Reese splurge that brought them to the wild card game, do you feel like there are any other major lessons from that season that maybe you know Joe Judge takes note of as he starts building as a seemingly the one calling the shots here? Like, I think one thing that uh, we've learned is, you know, secondary play matters so much in the NFL. And even if it's hard to replicate coverage on this on or coverage performance on the season to season basis or even quite frankly a game to game basis uh it's good to just load up on talent on the secondary and we've seen belichick do that in recent years i mean we don't really ever see belichick pay big money to to just about anyone but he gave them money to stefan gilmore obviously it's worked out because he was defensive player of the year last year and they keep investing in guys like jonathan jones uh the other corner uh, they they try to just get those guys in every year, and even if it doesn't work out, we'll try to get them next year because that position is so important. You know, your safeties, your corners. Like, I, th- I think we're getting to a point in the NFL where they're more important than the pass rushers, which is not, which wasn't you know, is what which wasn't the case or wasn't thought of even just a few years ago. So, you know, I I think that game, outside of the, the 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 cautions of maybe not trying to improve upon a 10-win season or not trying to, you know, critically look at yourself after an 11-win season is secondary play, secondary play, secondary play. And they've got a good opportunity to add, you know, an elite one in Jeff Okuda if he falls to four. Yeah, and those Patriots teams that Joe Judge saw up close, like they did splurge for Gilmore, but it's a lot of just throwing mid- to low-priced assets at it, whereas that 2016 Giants team, they're able to throw a bunch of money – it's concentrated in a few guys without so much depth, and then you have that variance at the cornerback position. Yeah. Janoris Jenkins and DRC have their career year in 2016, but then they hit that variance the following years, and not enough depth around that. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the program, Charles. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been fun. This has been another episode of Remember That Game. Please rate, review, subscribe, and check out more episodes. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.